I'm Emily. And I'm Kayla. And we just want to talk movies. And today, we are talking about our favorite films from 2023. Oh yeah. Very exciting. It was a really good year for movies, I feel like. It was, but I have to admit that when I look back at my list, I'm like, my taste is not... I know. Sophisticated. I feel like for most people, they're like, this year was, eh, yeah, well, okay. And I'm the one who's like, it was a bunch it of fun awesome. movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we had, I feel like most of this year was a huge throwback to like older, kind of goofier movies. I talked about, like in my notes, I talked about that a little bit for me one too. of the movies. For, for my number one movie. Oh. Which surprised me that it was number one. Because how I made mine was I just put down a bunch of movies that I liked and then I narrowed it down and then ordered it and I realized by the end I was like oh this one keeps moving up the list and I was like this is my number one movie so stay tuned folks nice just a lot of really fun theater experiences definitely I feel like that plays a lot into my favorites list like how much fun did I have at the theater mm-hmm. and yeah there was a lot it was so so hard to narrow it down. I knew like yeah. my top four, those are pretty easy, but then after that, I was like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. It kept flip flopping. So, yeah, we are very excited to talk about this. Yes. Uh, but first, we're going to go over some news. Unfortunately, we heard that Carl Weathers passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really, really sad. We're huge Rocky fans. So, oh, yeah. We love him. I love him in Predator. I thought he was good in The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a shame. I don't. I never like opening like Instagram and just seeing like, oh, this person has passed away. I know when it's you like, see like the picture come up and you're like, I know, it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. Yes, rest in peace. Um, we did you have some news you wanted to discuss? Sure. Well, as I talked about in, I can't even remember. I think it was our first episode. I'm very excited about the filming of season five, the final season of Stranger Things. So I thought I would I would give some updates. These are like some general ones for like from like the past few weeks. So the Stranger Things Instagram account has an, a broadcast channel now, which of course I joined. <laughs> are you <laughs> ridiculous? Um, <laughs> we've got some interesting pictures. They posted one of Gaten Matarazzo, who plays Dustin, in his Hellfire Club t-shirt that's all torn off. Which is interesting. Has he been wearing it since the end of season four? Is he okay? I don't think so. Um, Probably just cut it up because he's mad. <laughs> we have a picture of Finn Wolfhard as Michael Wheeler in his bedroom with a Star Wars poster in the back. This picture is amazing. He looks like he's like posing as the thinker. Uh, we've got some cars, some vehicles. I see the the. I think it's Nancy's car, the family truckster, as I like to call it, because it looks like the one from the vacation movies and then a picture of millie bobby brown with the duffer brothers all very exciting and then some like there have been some um some paparazzi photos circling around of like they're filming at they're filming at the hospital so you know it must have something to do with max because she's still in a coma Uh and um they were also filming at this radio station which is this new set that i think they built for this um season so I assume it's going to play a big role in the season, and um, I'm excited to see what that is. And that's all I have for today, folks. Yep, yep. 
Stranger Things news. <laughs> Always exciting to hear. It will probably make a regular occurrence in the coming probably year because they're not going to be done until 2025. Yeah, as we get closer and closer, you're going to see her excitement just... <laughs> it's embarrassing. <laughs> Speaking of excitement, to follow up on what I spoke about last episode... Young Woman in the Sea, starring Miss Daisy Ridley, is getting a theatrical release confirmed. Yes. This is the one that's like Disney. Yeah. It's going to be on Disney Plus. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're still... I'm sure they're going to release it and then put it on Disney Plus, but I'm not positive. (laughs) And there's also kind of like... Some sources say it's limited Mm -hmm. and others don't. So who knows? I guarantee you they're not going to spend a dime on marketing and then it's going to mm. flop. So Typical of Disney. Typical. I swear, though, any movie, like when they try to theatrically release an original movie that isn't a legacy sequel or whatever, they don't do any marketing. It's true. And then they'll release it in like five theaters and be like, oh, well, it flopped. Like, see? So. See? No one wants to see it. Because <laughs> oh no one knew about it. And you put it in, like, five theaters in the whole country. Rude. Uh, They're like, we'll see. All movies are Nepo babies at this point. (laughs) Exactly. We can hope it'll have uh, somewhat of a big theatrical release and get some marketing. They said they wanted to go off of the the Summer Olympics and kind of tie it with that. Oh, oh, yeah, because it's, uh, yeah. It's a swimming movie. It's a good idea. Yeah. Hopefully that happens. (laughs) We'll see. But anyway... On to our favorite movies from 2023. Not the objectively best films of the year. Let's make that clear. (laughs) And I know no one's even going to hear this. Because when it comes to lists, people take it very personally. I know I do. I know, same. Even when I don't get mad, I just... When my favorite movie isn't on someone's list, I'm like... That must be... I hated it and they're wrong. (laughs) This is just our favorites, and some 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 theater experiences we enjoyed, some movies that we we giggled at, that that tickled our fancies. <laughs> we just like to have fun, yeah. And that's the main we just want to talk number one movies. goal. Yeah, we just want to talk movies. <laughs> so I will go first with number ten, and then Emily will go with her number ten, and we'll switch off from there. Yes. So, alrighty then. My first movie is called. When You Finish Saving the World. This came out super early into the year, so much so that I don't remember (laughs) a lot of it. This was actually the first movie we saw of Twitter. Yeah, and it was fun. We went to... We were alone in the theater because this movie, like, not a lot of people saw it. (laughs) Um, Hmm, I wonder if that's because it didn't get much marketing. I know. (laughs) I didn't see a thing about it. There was maybe, like, one or two TV spots and then Mm. not much else. But this is... um, I had been looking forward to this for a very long time. So it's um, Jesse Eisenberg's, I think it's directorial debut, at least like in feature length film terms. Um, and it's based off of an audiobook, like an audiobook play that mm-hmm. he put out in 2020. And it was super good. So it's told really interestingly. So it's like told in three parts. So the first one is like a dad making like audio logs about his life after his son is born and he's like having trouble connecting with his son the second part is that son grown up and he's like doing therapy sessions and it's like in the future so he's like talking to a robot that's recording him and it's really weird (laughs) (laughs) and then um the third part is about the mom of the son when she's in college i 
really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really, like, creative way of doing a story and i was super excited for the movie the movie focuses on the mother and the son and it's basically about how different they are and the kid is like he wants to make it big as a streamer and a musician and he's like total gen z person (laughs) and the mom she like operates a woman's shelter and she's like very altruistic and she does not understand why he's so like money hungry and fame hungry and they just twitch streamer I know. They just fundamentally don't understand each other. And it's really weird. Like, their relationship is kind of uncomfortable at times, the places that it goes. But I think um, this movie stars Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things. (laughs) Did I mention that? I think that, too. (laughs) As well as... um, (laughs) I know. I think it does. I think. As well as... um, (laughs) As well as Julianne Moore. And these two have excellent on-screen chemistry as mother and son i thought so that was super fun even though the their relationship was so weird and like uncomfortable it was super fun to watch them just go at it with each other on screen that sounded weird Um, (laughs) it's not uncomfortable in that way (laughs) no and um yeah i thought it was just like a cute little story about you know parental relationships I liked the, it was very different than the audiobook, but they incorporated some cool things from it that I thought were cool. Like the song that Ziggy sings at the end to his crush was the same, and but they did change like the arrangement of it. And I thought it was like way better in the movie. And then um, some of the slang terms Ziggy uses, I thought it was funny because in the audiobook, he uses these weird slang terms because it's the future. But then in the movie, he just uses them because he made them up and he thinks mm. he's cool that he has his own slang language. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. I wish that because the dad's part in the audiobook was my favorite and they didn't really focus on the dad at all. He was just kind of there. So I was like, oh, but it was OK because I like that they like focus the story on something. And it was it was a really cute story. Your turn for number 10. My number 10 movie of 2023 is sometimes i think about dying depressing (laughs) why are both of our number 10s the longest titles when you finish saving the world and sometimes i think about dying can you say indie movie i know (laughs) um this was a sundance movie that i luckily got the chance to see online which I've never done before. That was a really cool experience. (laughs) So again, like the experience has a lot to do with why this Mm -hmm. is one of my favorites. But yes, starring Daisy Ridley. Um, It's a story just about a week in a woman's life. And she is a huge introvert and has a very hard time connecting with the people around her. Um, which is a story that's very personal to me because I'm also a huge introvert who has trouble connecting to people. And it kind of just, it's the life of an introvert is really what it's a study of, I felt. Um, and it's, I just loved how it was such a sympathetic Mm -hmm. and mostly realistic look Mm -hmm. at being an introvert, which a lot of movies, uh, any movies about an introvert you could tell are made by an extrovert. And it's like, like, no, you don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> Not to be, like, gatekeeping introverts. <laughs> but you don't get it. But you can tell it's just like, no, that's not what it's like. But this movie, it does show what it's like, the good and the bad. Because it's not a movie that's being like, look how awful it is that she isn't social. And look mm-hmm. how much it's destroying her. It's more about, like, yes, 
you need to connect with people but it's also okay to just you know have your own time to yourself and not want to talk to anyone mm-hmm. and shut yourself in your house all day yeah um and daisy is amazing at she plays this role so well from like she hardly says anything the whole movie <laughs> which is a huge point like how she can go so many days without saying a word mm-hmm. which a lot of people are like what the heck but me i'm like yeah i can see that like if I look at myself in 10 years, I can easily imagine myself as this character. <laughs> but it's it's a simple story, and <laughs> despite the title, it's very uplifting. It's not a huge drag, a downer movie about, like, oh, look how depressing it is. It's, like, there it, there are troubles that she's going through. She wants to connect with people, but it's very difficult because mm-hmm. she messes up a lot. And um, I love how the whole movie isn't about curing her. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of movies are like, once you connect with someone, you're alive, and it just goes so great. But the movie's like, no, I mean, you can go out with your friends and people and have a fun time, and it goes great, and then other times, it doesn't go so great. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. That's just how it is. That's what being human is. So it's a very, it's a nice look at being a human, Mm -hmm. and I enjoyed it very much. I like that. I feel like I would relate too much if I watched this movie, and it yeah. would be painful. <laughs> no, you you gotta watch it, because, like, you and me, we, we would just be like, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I feel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, my number nine, this one's gonna be kind of quick, um, this one is Elemental, and Aww. this is, like, the, the pic- Disney Pixar movie that no one went to see this year, <laughs> and I just thought that I should give it a moment to shine by putting it on my list. So it's basically about a city where all the elements of water, earth, air, and fire live together. And they're a little segregated. And it's kind of problematic. No. <laughs> In terms of fire it is, people. though. Everyone hates the fire people because they're different and, like, they're dangerous. And, well, are they, though? They're not. And um, one of the fire people meets a water person and they fall in love. And it's... Like, where has romance been in Disney movies for the past few years? That's the question. That's why I I got so much joy out of this. I was like, oh, this is like classic Pixar Disney story. And it was super cute. I like the animation style. It was like not not what we've been seeing over and over again. Yeah. It was different. And um, I liked how the animation was slightly different for each of the elements, too. They were slightly a different style. Mm -hmm. But very vibrant. Yes, Everything. it was very vibrant, and the world building was super cute. I mean, that's that's what you expect with a Pixar movie. They're always clever with stuff like that. And I just thought it was such a cute story about, like, people coming together despite their differences and an important message that about people and families who are made to feel like they don't belong or have a right to exist and live in the place where they live, <laughs> um, which is important to see. <laughs> and... um yeah, I just, it gave me that good old-fashioned Disney joy, so I thought I'd put it on this list, and that's all I have to say. <laughs> I love how it was also based on the director's life. It was? Like, his parents, it was like the same story. His parents mm-hmm. immigrated to the new place, and like, they went through all of that. Oh, wow. And this was his way of kind of telling that story, but to a younger Yeah, audience. I think that's that's beautiful. I liked it a lot. And uh, it's a shame that it kind of flopped. <laughs> I know. I was going to go see it, but it was one of those things where just 
I know life got in the way. <laughs> I didn't want to see it because I thought it looked stupid, and Emily wanted to see it, and I should have listened to her. <laughs> oh, hindsight. I know, it's 2020. <laughs> Hindsight's a 2023. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't say 2020. That oh, has a negative, negative connotation. Yeah. On to my number nine, um, which this is going to be really short because what can I even say? It is Oppenheimer. Ah. Uh. This surprised the hell out of me, honestly. <laughs> I thought this was going to be so boring and such a downer, such mm-hmm. a drag to get through. And it moved at a pace that movies need to study. Yeah, yeah. Mo- this is a three-hour-long movie. I've watched movies that are, that are an hour and ten minutes and that <laughs> drag. And this just kept every single scene with yeah. just so much happening. But you still you could understand what was going on. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they did this. You felt so immersed. Like, I couldn't look away. Cause exactly. Because I was afraid that I would miss something. Yeah. And it was also grabbing me at the same time. Just so much going on. And it's it's thrilling and it's mm-hmm. interesting and it's a tragic story obviously mm-hmm. but it's not you don't watch it and just feel like depressed and <laughs> i don't want to be here watching this it's not like a an uncomfortable sit mm. you know it's not yeah. gonna drag your mood down for the rest of the day they show the tragedy really really well mm-hmm. but the rest of the movie there's enough that still makes you feel not happy, but like like just engaged and like ooh ooh, and like that was so well done, like just from the visual aspect and then also from the small moments of triumph, mm-hmm. like getting that what was he wannabe senator who was Robert Downey Jr. Oh my gosh, yeah, <laughs> Strauss, straws, straws, <laughs> straws, like defeating him, you like get Rummy that little Malik. Yes. At the end, oh, best best moment. And that's, if you're going to make a story like this, you need to have moments like that, too. Yes. So that it's not just a big slog and look how sad, look yeah, how look depressing. Yeah, look at how awful this creation is, which it definitely was about that. But. Yeah, and it's very effective doing that. Yeah. But you also get those, like, crowd-pleasing moments. Yeah, where it was just, like, a good story. <laughs> yeah. I'll talk more about it in my list later oh, on. yeah. <laughs> Um, and it was also fun to see just everyone in it. Oh my god! Literally every character, like, oh, I was the Leonardo DiCaprio meme through the whole theater. I kept turning to Emma, like, ah, ah, who is? <laughs> yeah, very, very fun. I don't know how, again, I think they just went through resumes in, like, some Hollywood office somewhere, like, call that guy, call that guy, yeah. call that guy. <laughs> Josh Peck talked about it where he, like, auditioned for it, and then he called up his agent, and he was like... Thanks for that, but I don't get movies like this. And then, like, he was immediately called back and he was like, what's happening? Apparently, the the vibe on set was, like, there was a bunch of actors who were, like, kind of at his same level in career-wise. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was just, like, who's gonna get the moment today? And, and then he gets the big moment. He gets a really big moment. Yeah, which is super cool as a Dragon Josh fan. Yeah, <laughs> if you, like... I feel like there's someone for everyone. Yeah. There's someone, like, people you haven't seen in a while. It's like, oh, yeah. that's nice to see him that's in there. That's right. I think um, Nolan casted, uh, like, people like Josh Peck and then um, the guy from 
a Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Roderick. Roderick. Because his daughters like uh, them. Yes. So, like, that's part of it, too, which I thought was sweet. Yeah, that's really cool. Again, <laughs> something for everyone. I think, like, there's such a a broad... Again, I don't know how they pulled this off. There's such a broad audience for this. And, and it's about that's... the atomic bomb. I know! <laughs> which I guess, yeah, that would bring in a broad audience, because everyone knows what that is. Yeah. And everyone has some stake in it at this point in history. There's something for everyone to like. And I do... I want this to win Best Picture. This is my pick of all the ones nominated. Mm, okay. I would like this to win. I would like Killian Murphy to win Best Actor. Yeah. He was good. He was very, very good. He's always good. <laughs> Scarecrow. Yes. I okay. I'm I don't don't love the Nolan Batman movies, but oh, Killian Murphy is the scarecrow. Oh, he's he great. Gets me over he's he's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful when but he puts, he's so psycho when he puts the thing on and he goes like oh, yeah i don't he's not beautiful. so beautiful no no <laughs> i just like looking at him when he doesn't have the mask <laughs> okay well i gotta get a poster of him for you I know. where where is he on these walls <laughs> no. all right my number number eight <laughs> i'm gonna say that with every number now number eight for me is grant the great is it the gran turismo or just gran turismo it's just gran turismo just gran turismo this movie, I thought, looked so dumb. And I think a lot of people did. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people still think it is dumb. <laughs> but If they haven't seen it. I don't know. I mean, I watched the trailer, and I saw David Harbour from Stranger Things, and I was like, ah. and But then I and was Will like, Turner. And Will Turner. Obviously, <laughs> Orlando Bloom. <laughs> Have you heard of him? <laughs> Ever heard of him? He's, he, he is in it. Um, <laughs> he is. And I was like, okay, but it doesn't didn't look like a story that would grab me. It which, looked so cliche. And yeah, like, it did. Yeah. It looked like it would just be, I don't know, something that fell into the background. But finally, we watched it on streaming, I think. And I was... I was invested mm-hmm. in these races. I wanted I wanted this guy to win. So <laughs> let me talk about what the movie's about. <laughs> you haven't so, heard. This is a true story about a group of like gamers who like are the top gamers in the Gran Turismo video game and they get a chance to compete as for a place as an actual driver on the racing team Formula 1. I don't know enough about racing. <laughs> but it's anyway, they get to be real team. race car drivers. And <laughs> as a child who was a fan of hot wheels this movie made me so excited (laughs) i love racing movies because because we also saw ferrari later this year also made me so excited i love cars like (laughs) i love racing movies anyway i really enjoyed this movie because the racing sequences were incredible Mm -hmm. and i think they really built up the like the struggle that the character goes through through like trying to get the place and it's like you're rooting for him so much even though it's dangerous then there's that other side of it is like it's so dangerous and you're just a gamer and (laughs) you belong here yeah and i thought um david harbour's character was like a highlight for me he was basically playing the character that he always plays which is like jaded older guy yep but you know what? He's the good at it. Mentor. <laughs> He's a master. Same with Finn Wolfhard in uh, When You Finish Saving the World. He always plays a teenager that you hate but also kind of love. <laughs> well, whiny brat. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really liked his storyline. His career is done and he's like he has bad experiences associated with it. So when he sees this kid who's like bright eyed 
and very inexperienced he's like jeez you don't even know but then he's like i have to protect this kid and i, I like this kid and, oh it was such a good story and you don't <laughs> really know till it. later on in the movie why he's exactly so yeah there's there's some there's some mystery to it but i thought he was a very very interesting character i really enjoyed that part for him and um it was just a it was a time i really yeah. enjoyed it surprisingly enjoyed it <laughs> yeah that was probably one of the biggest surprises of the year yeah for us <laughs> yeah, yeah just oh, the the euphoria that the racing sequences <laughs> it was really good yeah all right my number eight okay here we go uh, what <laughs> my number eight is thanksgiving oh i almost put that on my list <laughs> eli roth <laughs> oh my gosh this from literally the second it started, this whole movie, I felt like I was watching an 80s exploitation slasher movie that somehow got made up to look like it's from yeah. 2023. It was, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I never in a million years would think that they would go back to this formula, let alone release it in theaters and give it, like, a decent release, too. But... It was so, I was so surprised with how much I liked it. It had great kills, great gore, mm -hmm. which you will always expect from Eli Roth. It had a really fun killer. Usually, especially in slasher movies nowadays, the killer is just, like, no personality, nothing really memorable to them. It's just someone going around stabbing people off screen. Yeah. But I loved the look of, like, the pilgrim. Oh, like yeah. the hat and yeah, the mask. Yeah. And I love, like, he had the way he, he moved was, like, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. He did, like, this cool move when he, he takes that guy's head off with the wire. Uh -huh. He, like, spins around. And then it was so cool. And was... how he, like, you think he's going to kill the cat, too. But then he feeds it and pets and it. And he I'm gives like, those oh. oh, my gosh. That, that won me over. After that scene, I was like, okay, I like this movie. <laughs> so good. Really fun concept. Of course, based on the fake trailer from Grindhouse, which it, that was my favorite trailer from Grindhouse. And it had the cheerleader scene yep. from that. It had um, a lot of the classic shots that everyone remembers, like the the human turkey on the table oh, at the yeah. end, the guy, um, the mascot getting his head cut off in the oh. turkey suit. Yes, the cheerleader that everyone, everyone's favorite part. Um, I thought the characters were all right. There were... Oh, God. Like, kind of half and half. Half of them they I really liked. They were supposed liked. to be hateable. Yeah, no. Some of them. Most of them are hateable, but it's like in that fun slasher yeah. way. We're like, I can't wait to see yeah, this yeah, guy yeah. get messed up. Um, but you had uh, some nice characters. I liked uh, the ex-boyfriend character who got his, his arm twisted backwards. Yeah. And then he came back at the end. He's like the red herring. But I liked him. I liked, uh, didn't they call this one guy Scooby? Scooby? Which one was he? He was, like, the, he was the boyfriend of, um... Addison Ray. Addison Ray. Okay. I think. Right? Eh, anyway, he was a boyfriend of one of the... He <laughs> was really Ray cool. is in this movie. <laughs> yeah, she pops up in there. And she was, yeah, she was fine. <laughs> she yeah. was good in it. Yeah, so characters were half and half. They're not the best you're ever gonna see in a slasher movie, but they're far from the worst, especially today. Um, and yeah, I... I really would love to see a revamp now of the classic slasher. Like, yeah. I... It was just so exciting to see, because I'm such an 80s slasher fan, and mm -hmm. 
usually slash movies nowadays are trying too hard to be different and, and deep. like ooh, see we spun this on its head and you weren't expecting I'm like okay can you just give me a classic slasher already and finally we got one and it was pretty damn good um i heard they're making a sequel i'd love to see it and i'd love to see more movies like this yes me too it was it was a very fun horror horror movie <laughs> 10, 9, 8, 7. Alright. We're on 7, folks. My number 7 is Theater Camp. This took me forever to watch, but it came out in September on Hulu. But I think it was like a... Must have been some sort of film festival thing earlier in the year. Um, It stars Ben Platt, my darling boy. And... (laughs) We won't talk about the Dear Evan Hansen I was gonna bring that up. Listen. (laughs) That doesn't exist in my mind. (laughs) He's talented, okay? (laughs) And Molly Gordon, who I don't... I didn't know of very much before this movie but i think her and ben platt were like childhood friends and so this movie is very much based off of their relationship um together and with theater as a whole and theater camp um it was just so like fun and cute and like it was obviously made by people who like love musicals and it was just (laughs) a love letter to kids who love musicals and it was super funny. It was told in, like, the style of The Office, sort of. Oh. It was, like, a documentary thing. Basically, it's about, uh, like, an upstate New York theater camp that the owner goes into a coma and her son has to take over operations <laughs> until she's better. And he is not a musical person, so he's... He, and he thinks he's a business person, but he's really not business savvy. 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 <laughs> So businessman. Yeah, so it just goes downhill from there. And it was just like a wonderful world. Like you get to see all the eccentricities of all of like the instructors. Like there's a dance instructor, an acting instructor, a singing instructor, and um everyone's just super weird and fun. And I really like like they gave everyone really fun um storylines, like the Ben Platt and Molly Gordon characters, they're, like, they have this very strange codependent friendship that, like, falls apart throughout the film, and it's very <laughs> entertaining and kind of sad to watch. Um, and then you have the actor Noah Galvin, his character, he's, like, a stagehand who, like, secretly is very talented, a, a very talented performer, and, like, his arc is amazing because he's, like, too shy to show his talent, and then slowly he comes out of his shell, so that was fun. And then I love um, Iowa Adebri, I think that's how you pronounce her name. She is in this film. She's from The Bear. She's from from many things. She's all around recently. But her character was really fun because she basically scams her way into a job at the theater camp. And she doesn't know anything about performance at all. And her storyline is just really funny, but it doesn't really go anywhere. That's the only complaint was like, I wish her storyline had had more time to shine because it was super funny. But all the kids were super charming, the actors. The The very end is, like, them putting on the musical, their summer musical. And you just get to see the whole thing. And it was very fun. Uh, banger songs. <laughs> it was it was awesome. I rocked out. And, um, yeah, I just had a lot of fun. It was heartwarming. It was hilarious. It was just a good time. I haven't seen it, so I can't say much. <laughs> I, I'll show it to you eventually. <laughs> Okay, my number seven is The Marsh King's Daughter. Anyone know what that is? Ever heard of it? Probably not. 
Uh, Daisy Ridley's second appearance on this list, of course. <laughs> Already. Um, so, yeah, I could go on about how this movie just got the shaft mm. um, from everyone. This took, a, like, a while to get out, right? Yeah. Forever. It was supposed to come out. It was definitely supposed to come out in 2022. Mm. And just no word. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Radio silence. Even Daisy Ridley herself posted many a time on Instagram, like, I wonder uh, when this movie I made is going to come out. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) Anyway, finally come out. It got dumped into theaters. Not a shred of marketing that Mm. I saw. The only marketing I saw was on social media. And that's because I follow yeah. anything Daisy Ridley related. But otherwise, mainstream, you probably didn't even know this was a movie. <laughs> but anywho, um, it's basically a story about a woman who is the daughter of a woman who got kidnapped by this man and forced to live in the marsh for years of her life. And now she's an adult and has her own daughter. And her father has escaped prison, and she knows that he's probably coming for her and her daughter. So she has to get ready to go to battle Mm -hmm. and kind of use his knowledge against him. Uh, It's based on a book that was very good, but this movie definitely deviated from the book a lot. But I think it was to its advantage, because the book basically just takes place in one day, Mm -hmm. and it's about her going off to find her dad and most of it's just flashbacks to her childhood Mm. whereas this the movie focuses very much on her as an adult and her family and everything and i really liked that because we got to see more of how hard it is for her to fit in yeah Yeah, because she i mean her whole childhood was raised in the middle of nowhere Mm -hmm. no interaction with anything outside her parents and that's still, I mean, she's lived in society now for so long, but you can tell she's just, she doesn't really understand how regular people live. Yeah. And Daisy's performance is amazing, as always. She's a badass, <laughs> mama bear, action star, and uh, supposed to be in a few more action movies, which I'm very excited about. My only thing was there could have been more violence. <laughs> There could have been more violent. The book is very violent. Mm. Just like, has some really uncomfortable things in it that the movie didn't really go into. And I was kind of disappointed in that. But I do understand at the same time. Because there wasn't much time to get into the kind of violence that was in the book. Mm. Um, But yeah, it's still, it's like this slow psychological thriller. Yeah. Which, oh, I mean... At times, like, when it's thrilling, it's thrilling. And when it's terrifying, it's terrifying. I loved that it was sort of like a stalker thriller at times, too. It was super, like, it freaked me out at times. Yeah. When you, I mean, it's so, it's kind of like your worst nightmare because she knows, Mm -hmm. like, when her dad has been in the house. Yeah. And when he's falling But no one also believes her. No one believes her because they don't know to look for those signs. So they're kind of just, like, calm down and... That's when she's like, okay, I gotta, oh God. Yeah. gotta do this myself then. Mm-hmm. It was very, very good. Uh, worth the weight that shouldn't have been. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of 
book to movie adaptations that deviate from a book. I have Red, White, and Royal Blue. <gasps> you do! Oh my gosh! Yeah, it made it pretty high on yeah. this list, too. Oh my god. Listen, this is a blast. Oh my of god. Most of these movies are just I had fun. I think I needed that this year, I guess. <laughs> so we talked a lot about Red, White, and Royal Blue in an unreleased episode of this podcast that we did for, like, practice, where we just talked about books. Um, but I will rave about it again. The book is everything you would wish for in a contemporary romance book. It's cheesy, it's charming, it's romantic, it's sweet, there's moments of drama, it's got depth, it's overall a joy of a time. I thought you said it's got death. No, 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 there's no death, don't worry. I was like, what? I skipped a chapter, I think. Um, And the movie gets all those feelings, right? Um, And it changes a lot. Um, that like simplifies the story a lot but i think like that's for a reason they couldn't fit all the things that they needed to fit from the book into the movie and they simplified it in a way that like i said still kept all the things that made it good um i think the actors are both cast super well it's i didn't describe what it's about (laughs) have you heard of it you've got to know by now (laughs) it's about the first son falls in love with the prince of england England. England. (laughs) And it's a forbidden romance, basically. The actors had excellent chemistry. um, And, like, even for, like, a... Like, it's supposed to be cheesy and not to be taken super seriously. But I still feel like their performances, they were, like, giving it their all. (laughs) I was like, I appreciate that. Yep. Um, And there were, like, some heart-wrenching moments. Um, And I think that we need more movies like this. Like, uh, Red, White, and Royal Blue, Heartstopper both like just heartwarming gay stories not (laughs) sad gay stories like they have their place but we also need some heartwarming stories please we need to show that if you're lgbt plus you're not gonna have a miserable (laughs) yeah you're not destined for a tragic romance (laughs) thank you and good night um yeah that's all (laughs) i hope that there's a sequel because like i said there's more room there's more space for stories like this that needs to be taken up. Mm-hmm. And but there's we'll see. obvious it's proven there's an audience for it. Yeah. So there's really no excuse. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, more on that later. Oh, I'll, oh, I'll yeah. speak more on okay. that later. You're, yours, it's up high. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but sort of related, my number six is Bottoms. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Another one that came out of left field. <laughs> I I didn't know about this until it came out, and I I never even saw a full trailer. I just saw, like, some brief clips, like, YouTube ads. And I'm like, hmm, that was kind of funny. And then uh, after I watched Red, White, and Royal Blue, oh. the clip comes up again. I'm like, pause? That's Space bar? Pause? That's the guy! <laughs> That's him. I'm like, oh, hey... You know, I might want to see this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I came for Nicholas Galtzine, stayed for the Everyone hilarious else. plot. Yeah, yeah, everything else. This, again, it feels like another, like a throwback to yeah. crazy cinema. Like when movies were kind of just bizarre and did whatever <laughs> they wanted. Um, it's just very colorful, hilarious. The characters are so down to the villains are so likable and I know. fun to watch <laughs> and the finale is 
everything. Yes. I need, I want to watch it again so bad. Yeah. I've been dying to watch it again. Um, it's just, it's, it's a fun, fun time. It's a comedy that's actually funny, (laughs) which is rare. And again, it's an LGBTQ plus movie. Yeah. That's just, the characters are gay. Yep. And they're cool, and they're funny, and they're normal people. Yeah, <laughs> it's not about like, oh boy, now let's talk about how yeah. how, how we... miserable their life is going to be. And don't get me wrong, those stories like that need to be made as well. Yes. But we also need movies like this where it's just a movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the characters in it are gay, and they're having a fight yeah. club at school, mm-hmm. and there you go. It's just fun, crazy times. Yep. I loved it way more than i thought i was going to yeah um probably up there with gran turismo one of the biggest surprises (laughs) of the year (laughs) i think i knew i was gonna like it but i didn't know how just how much yeah (laughs) my number five is the boogeyman (gasps) this is my favorite it's gotta be my favorite horror movie of the year i was so genuinely terrified (laughs) in moments so it's basically about a family who the mother has recently passed away and none of them are coping with it very well, especially the dad. He's not really being a great support for either of his daughters. And the children start being, like, terrorized by this evil entity. And it's like like the boogeyman. It's everything that you were afraid of as a child. It comes out of the closet. It lives in the dark. It's under the bed. Like, these are the things that I've, I'm still scared of to this, to this day. To this day. Yep. And so it was not fun, but it was amazing. It was very fun, but not fun. Yeah, yeah. it was. Once so we got scary. home and went to bed, then it was not fun. Yeah, then then I didn't want to turn off the lights. Um, but it was just like yeah, some of the scares were like oh my god, they were so well done. Anything that mimics. Humans. Oh yeah, it mimics voices. Oh. terrifying i need to see this again as well um yeah oh my gosh even though it's like it's pretty straightforward the like symbolism and message behind the movie Mm -hmm. i still felt like it was super like impactful i think i teared up a little bit at the end i think this is a great like mother's day or father's day film it's like just parents (laughs) and children yeah and I don't know, it was so sweet. I was so rooting for the family. Like, the characters were so well done. And I know this is based off of a Stephen King short story, and it's very much... If... if I haven't read the short story, but if the short story is anything like this movie, it's very much in the vein of The Shining, which, mm. as you all know, I'm a very big fan of the book and the movie. So, like, just my peak type of horror. And um, I really want to read the short story now. <laughs> Shows that simple can be so effective yeah and when he writes about just like families i think that he gets it he gets it super right and Mm. just really emotionally (laughs) impactful really good movie Mm -hmm. did not get its due praise no i think i think because most people assumed i mean they saw the pg-13 rating they saw the previews, like, okay. It looked like, like a run-of-the-mill. Yeah, like what I first thought of Malignant yeah, in 2021. It was very much in the vein of Malignant, yeah. Yeah, where sure. you, like, you see the trailer and you're like, okay, that looks... Mm-hmm. But then you watch it like, oh. This is really good. Now, Malignant's... That's a bit more like, they go way... Yeah, was what that PG-13? Ex- no, Malignant. Okay, no. I was gonna say. <laughs> but the, the trailers they released, 
it looked like it was PG-13. It's like, what's this? It's huh. just... Yeah, they didn't show anything of Malignant. But I feel like that was also a blessing because... They did it on purpose. Yeah, you can't show that movie. It's... Yeah. And that's why I'm kind of like... I'm kind of mad at myself. Cause I'm like, I should have just... I know. From now on, we just gotta go. Yeah, that's what I did with the Boogeyman. I'm mm-hmm. like, and, and Barbarian... We were... Barbarian was Barbarian did the same Same thing thing. as Malignant. And right off the bat, I'm like, we're seeing it. Barbarian did have, like, I like when trailers do the little, like, flash cuts where you think you know what the movie's about and then at the very end it does a a bunch of, like, tiny cuts of, like, stuff that doesn't seem to have anything to do with what you just saw. And so (laughs) you're like, okay, there's a lot more going on here. That's what Barbarian did, which is why I really wanted to go see it. Yeah. I've... uh... I think that's a good move, but I just need to be smart now yeah. and know, like, okay. We can't fall for, like, we were talking about the non-marketing movies. Just go see the movies. Yep. It doesn't matter. Because then I get mad when they do show everything. Yeah. Then I get mad. Like, well, but you're you just see gave it. away the whole... Yeah. And that's why Malignant was so smart. I can't imagine if I were in that theater and just, like, I really what? wish we had gone to see that. Oh. Anyway. Oh. Wait, we're not this, talking about this. this, like, niche genre of horror movies, the best kind, <laughs> which Talk- is why it's made it to my top ten. Yeah. That's how you subvert expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Number five. Number five for me is They Clone Tyrone. Oh. Uh. Oh, so good. Another movie that's a throwback to old cinema. It's very much... Um, in the style of a 70s black exploitation movie just such a great concept mm-hmm. of like this underground very much like stranger things mm-hmm. which is why it's also going to be on my list mm-hmm. <laughs> stranger things like mixed with get out mm-hmm. and um the stuff funny enough <laughs> oh that rhymed she also you have an article about this on your blog i do i wrote a review slash uh, mini analysis yeah <laughs> on this film it was good that was very very fun you should go check it out on my blog escape to storyland weebly weebly.com <laughs> um yeah it, this movie was hilarious uh you basically have this community where there's an underground facility that's basically brainwashing them to stay the way they are uh it's a whole complicated thing, but that's yeah. basically the premise. You, you kind of want to go into it not really knowing yeah. what's going on. It's about um, cloning. <laughs> cloning? They clone Tyrone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this group of characters, were they were just so, so good. perfect. Their personalities, how they fit together, and like it's a group of people that you would never expect to be the heroes, but... They make it work somehow, and it's yes. just the can best I, thing ever. Can I just say, people, when they hear the phrase, the golden trio in cinema, <laughs> they think of Harry, Ron, and Hermione. I think of these characters. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. <laughs> so it has a great style to it. All the colors and mm-hmm. the cinematography. The film grain. Yes. It, it looks so good. And again, as I got into more on my, my review analysis the colors are very intentional Mm -hmm. and whether it's lighting on a certain character or the color clothes that they're wearing when you look into what colors mean in movies which i'm obsessed with doing 
You, like, basically took my whole spiel about this movie. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna say the same thing. Oh, no. Okay, well, uh, the colors are really great, <laughs> and they, if you study colors more, you'll find out a lot about what they're trying to say about specific characters. Mm-hmm. And the best thing about this movie, uh, aside from all of that, is it's social commentary done well. Yeah. It's done creatively. And in a fun way. Yeah, and in a way where, like, you use your smarts a little bit. It mm-hmm. isn't, like, there's a couple moments where it's a little preachy, but only when it needs to be. Yeah. It's not the whole movie saying, this is what this means, <laughs> and this is what we're trying to make a comment about. See, this is like this. Don't don't drink the cranberry juice. <laughs> it's so good. Um, I think... A, a lot of people saw this thankfully and oh, liked good. it. I thought that it was that it wasn't that it didn't do well, but I'm glad. It didn't like stay popular, but when it came out, okay, people good. were talking about it. Yeah, this movie came out the same day Barbie and Oppenheimer came yep. out, but it came out on streaming on Netflix. I so. think this beats both Barbie and Oppenheimer. It did on my list, I'll say yep, that. <laughs> yep, yep. Controversial. I know. <laughs> but what can I say? I it mean it was good. My uh, Busted a gut laughing. Yes. <laughs> By the way, if you hear background, like, noise, it's it's a rainy day today, We're in folks. the middle of a storm here. It's been raining all, all last night and all today, so <laughs> if you hear anything, that's what it is. <laughs> okay, my number f- four. One, two. <laughs> I keep yes, losing four. track. You didn't number yours? Okay, th- see, this is the problem with doing it digitally. On the notes app, it messes it up if you want to write stuff under. I noticed that. Yeah. That's why I didn't do it. So, my number four movie is Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Barbie. (laughs) (laughs) It had to be here. Okay, listen. The notes that I wrote for this, I kind of went off. So, I'm just going to read it verbatim. Okay, here we go. A romp and a riot. I enjoyed the production design, the costumes, the set, the songs, the hair, the multiple Barbies, and the multiple Kens. The I'm Just Ken musical sequence is one of the best sequences of 2023. It was an event. You had to be there, and everyone was there. Am I right, ladies? This movie was a love letter to Barbie fans who are now grown up. We all wanted to be Barbie, but no one is Barbie. And then Barbie becomes us. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. No, that's good. She looks up to us now because we are strong, we are fighting, we are flawed, and we are beautiful. Need I say more? (laughs) Okay, my last paragraph. And, as much as this movie has been torn apart by a certain sect of movie fans, I think this movie is very pro-masculinity, but just healthy masculinity. Put that manly hand in mind, folks. Ken is more than Barbie. Ken is Kenuff. You don't have to sing us concerning songs on the first date while looking uncomfortably into our eyes. Just be yourself and go to therapy. Thank you and good night. And stop talking when we're trying to watch movies. <laughs> yes, please. Stop trying to explain The Godfather to me. I don't want to watch it. <laughs> I want to watch Bobby. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Although if someone, if I take someone on a date and we watch Princess and the Pauper, I will be oh, talking through the whole movie. And I will be singing through the whole movie. How <laughs> yeah. could I refuse? Anyway. that's. Pre- I think that sums up my feelings. It was just fun time and made me feel good. <laughs> I wore pink. Oh yes, pink. Pink was the color of the summer. Pink and black. Um, pink our and black. our microphones are pink and black. Yeah, um, we are Barbenheimer. We are Barbenheimer coded. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I think I really said it all there. So I'm not going to say anything else. <laughs> all right, all right. My number four is 
my favorite horror movie of the year, Saw X. Oh boy. <laughs> um uh I'll also read a line of my notes verbatim. <laughs> Holy crap, what a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap, Batman. <laughs> Okay, John Kramer as the main character. People who actually deserve to be in the traps. Mm-hmm. Everything we have been asking for in Saw movies. Finally, on the 10th go-round, <laughs> we got it. And we have some banger traps in this one. Oh, traps yeah. haven't been this good in a while. <laughs> Listen, you haven't seen traps this good in years. (laughs) Jigsaw, I can't think of a damn trap that was good in that movie. Spiral had a couple of good ones, but the rest of the movie sucked. Trap in the beginning of Jigsaw was good, where they're all like going forward and the chains are like pulling. No, they copied it from Saw Five. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm not as big of a Saw. Except all this time they had bucket heads. Oh yeah, that was kind of silly. Don't let me start on Jigsaw. Almost said. Um, okay, well, if you couldn't tell, I'm a enormous Saw fan. I'm a large Saw fan. I'm a large Saw fan. I'm a large Jigsaw. Um, I love how this movie, there's so many times where they do finally make fun of Jigsaw's logic and say, like, yeah, he <laughs> he's kind of a hypocrite, but just go with it. Yeah. That was so funny. And, like, thank you for pointing that out. I know, I hate... I could go on and on about how much I hate j- Jigsaw. <laughs> I you almost said it. it. I almost said it. Um, you have a great foil for John Kramer in this, where it's so cleverly done. I mean, you already, since you're following John Kramer through the whole movie, it's kind of like, well, no other choice. I, he has to be the one I root for. Uh-huh. <laughs> but then you get this character who is just... You just want to strangle her. She is so evil that it you're so much rooting for Jigsaw and Amanda. Like, get this woman! <laughs> um, such a great way to... It almost... I mean, maybe this is a little too, too much, but it reminds me of Psycho, the original Psycho. Oh. Where after Marion Crane dies, you're kind of like... Well, uh, there's no one else to root for except oh, and then you Norman root Bates. For Norman. <laughs> and so when he's like trying to cover up the murder and like talking to the cop and everything, you're like, "Oh God, I hope he gets away with it." Oh God, he said the wrong. And then you're like, "Wait, why am I?" I know that's weird. <laughs> it reminded me of that, but it's in such a like fun, like poking fun kind of way. Especially the ending shot when like they're triumphantly walking away with the young kid. Oh, it's yeah. like. Look at our hero. I know what the heck. So 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 much fun. Um, I'm excited as hell for the future of these films. Now I, I mean, after as soon as Jigsaw came out, I'm like, really, we're still doing Saw movies, and it sucked. And Spiral, I'm like, ooh, this looks kind of different. This might be good. Sucked. And then I heard this was coming out. I'm like, oh boy, what now? But now with this new storyline, I'm like, yes. I cannot wait to see. I'm sure we're going to get... I mean, they basically said we're going to get Hoffman yes. in the next one with Amanda and Jigsaw against this evil freaking lady. And I'm so excited to see that. Yeah. Um, so, 
I knew Here's Hoffman hoping. was going to come back. I called that. <laughs> I called that so early on. Yeah, they did like, say they're like the detective, your detective friend. So yeah, I'm and, like, and, oh. and I'm like, and I'm like, okay, Amanda here. Amanda here. Amanda here. Amanda's here. Uh, where's Hoffman? Ever heard of him? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was really good. Um, as I said before, I think it's probably. It might be my second favorite of the series, honestly. Ooh. Below um, the first one, of course. First, first one's one, masterpiece. The, yeah, the first one's the first one's ten out of ten. Yeah, I think it's my second favorite of the whole series. It was, wow. it was great, great uncomfortable traps that you want to look away, but also I didn't like it. <laughs> Some of them I was like, okay, it's too much. <laughs> I'm so... not, I'm not the biggest saw fan they're not my cup cup of cup of key (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're this is definitely it's made for saw fans they are catering Mm -hmm. to the saw i can i can appreciate that about it yeah i will look away when the lady saws off her own leg it it was so so good (laughs) done so well shot well and the brain one Oh, I that was would, the worst. I would rather get my face melted off than have to perform brain surgery on myself. I will die on that hill. Thank you. You couldn't. You can't feel it though when you cut the. Brain. I don't care. You can't feel it when you cut the skull. <laughs> yes, and you have to watch yourself doing it. That's. Mm-mm. It was. I'm not. I'm not going through that because 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 here's here's what it is. I've watched all the Saw movies. What chance does he have? Of finishing it in time. All of Jigsaw's traps are rigged. So I already know that I have no chance. Um, Which one do you die sooner? Um, Just get your face melted off and then then you're over it. And you don't have to um, go through... uh, If you survive, you have a hole in your head. (laughs) Go on. So now you know how John Kramer feels. Okay, whatever. I have to say too. (laughs) Boo-hoo. You probably cut all this out, but I'm going to keep talking. <laughs> I love how you had a couple people actually survive and get out of the traps. Yeah. And especially, like, pretty early on, early on the one guy yeah, with yeah, his yeah. arms, he actually wins. So then, from then on, you're like, oh, I don't know then. Like, you don't know if yeah. the person's actually going to do it. Where before, we're used to the fact, we're like, yep, that there's going to be a catch and they're mm-hmm. not going to get out. But not this one. And I... Again, we've been asking for that forever, mm-hmm. which is really great. They were, um, but at the same time, you still had, like, the brain one, like, just over-the-top crazy stuff, which we still want to see. We need to see the gore. <laughs> we need to see it. <laughs> we do! We do! That's what Saw's all about, at least now. Okay. All right, moving on. I'll stop. Okay, my number three. <laughs> number three, my lord! Yes, I remember to do it. Okay. <laughs> My number three is Oppenheimer. Oh, uh, we got Barbie and then Oppenheimer. Um, Oppenheimer ranks higher than Barbie on my list. I would. It's hard. You can't compare them. I know. I feel like Oppenheimer is the better film, but yeah. Barbie's the one you'd go back and watch more. Yeah, it's like your movie, but Oppenheimer's like it's. It feels like a movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite thing about the movie. It feels um, like a movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> This movie, we've already talked a lot about it, but 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 here's my main thing. This movie's a courtroom drama within a courtroom drama. What more could Kayla want? Not much. <laughs> and yeah, especially so so you've got Nolan as the filmmaker. He 
he took this very complicated, huge concept, multiple concepts, and just crafted. He just did this little thing, weaved it all together like a craftsman, and it was very, it, it was very well done. And I'm not the biggest Nolan fan. I I, I will admit mm-hmm. I don't like most of his movies, but this one, um, he he did he did he did a thing here. He did um, the dang thing. <laughs> and I didn't want to see this movie. When it was first announced, because I was like, I don't want to learn more about the guy who made the atomic bomb. <laughs> bomb? <laughs> made the atomic bomb? Atomic <laughs> 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 bomb! Well, <laughs> that was how I felt. And um, I don't want to have to, like, sympathize with him. But I didn't realize how, like, complex... And, and this is, like, the perfect character to choose to make a film about, because it's just so... It's such a complex issue. Like, you watch the character himself go through, like, the moral dilemma of what he's doing. And I like how they start out with, like, the apple thing the that he does with his teacher, where he almost poisons his teacher. And, like, from then on, he's very, like, interested in ethics. Mm-hmm. And so it, like, sets the scene already that this is a character who, like, he's complex. And, like, how did he end up doing this? So, it's good. I watched it a second time and i feel like i got so much more out of it than yeah. the first time even um it's like watching a movie that they made out of the trolley problem it's like mm. just like a one big moral dilemma obviously i'm on the side of we shouldn't have made it but <laughs> it's still like it's just about like imagine living through that time period and what what would you think i don't know and um it's also a movie about the red scare so like another mm. huge concept that that he somehow fit in and like made it amazing <laughs> made it seamless i didn't know that oppenheimer was suspected of being a communist at all so like that was another interesting thing like he's a person that you can make a movie about and <laughs> it was super interesting and it was interesting how he like punished himself internally for what he had done and then was punished externally for things that he hadn't done mm. and like it just ha- has his career as a scientist they say it at the end of the movie like they put him through hell and then years from now he's going to be given all these accolades it's like it's a weird it's a weird comment on society that's <laughs> and how I, we are yep i think killian murphy by far deserves the oscar <laughs> i i loved him in this movie i also need to shout out emily blunt her the one scene that she has that's like a big scene where she's being questioned in the little um private hearing she was amazing <laughs> that's i i literally like go back on youtube and watch that scene sometimes because she's so good and i think her character is super interesting how like she had to let herself and her entire family be humiliated through that whole trial and she's like no i'm gonna stand up for myself i'm not gonna let this keep happening and even though my husband has cheated on me and like not treated me very well I'm going to stand up for him and like, oh, oh my God, it was so good. Stand I love Emily Blunt. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah, she's good. Anyway, that's all I have to say. <laughs> it's a great film. Great, you should great. check it out. Should, have you seen it? Ever heard of it? <laughs> okay. Um, my number three. <laughs> now I'm going to be embarrassed about my top three. Don't worry. <laughs> my number three is The Little Mermaid. Oh! okay listen i know i'm ashamed but not really because it's my list (laughs) um i thought this was gonna be garbage 
I thought this was going to destroy the Little Mermaid story, but it was beautiful. <laughs> Halle Bailey is a Disney princess. She's so perfect. She's amazing. And the romance in this movie. Mm-hmm. I, oh my god. <laughs> Ariel and Eric Disney are- Disney romance. Yes, Disney romance. They're one of my favorite Disney couples. Mm. And I was so like, they're going to mess it up. It's going to be bad. But they added so much to it. And yeah, they made, made so Eric good. more of a character, which I love. Eric was awesome. Ariel was awesome. Mm-hmm. I literally want to cry talking. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, are we going to be Disney adults? Oh, no. Yes, I already am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, that's true. We're not kids. <laughs> I mean, the romance is what makes The Little Mermaid for me. And they nailed it. Mm-hmm. They got it right. And the songs. Which they also nailed mostly. <laughs> okay, yes. Lynn, Manuel, Miranda. <laughs> there are some things. Okay, some of the visuals look a little wonky, uh-huh. and we had the scuttlebutt. We had the scuttlebutt. But, but, but listen, listen. <laughs> there were some visuals that were really nice, and some new songs that were. Oh, she she's obsessed. <laughs> Wild uncharted waters. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> and I think it's called The First Time. For um, the first time. Yeah. yeah. Oh my Can god. Can we normalize giving the Disney princes songs in the live action remakes? Because Evermore. Evermore. Wild Uncharted Waters. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> as soon as that started, I'm like, this needs to just be a thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Um, Melissa McCarthy, I thought she was going to be just annoying and like <laughs> trying to be funny the whole time, but she was amazing she nailed it she nailed the song she nailed the persona mm-hmm. i loved it yeah i loved her she did good i didn't love the makeup that's all well yeah. <laughs> that's my only complaint the makeup was pretty bad um this movie just i i loved it it is my favorite uh live action next to maleficent mm. and it's just forever gonna remind me of summer and yeah. just romantic good happiness and i love ariel and eric so much and that's my TED talk great. on the little mermaid they remind me of mike and 11 so obviously so, I'm a it's so for cute they, oh they got it so right i was so happy <laughs> all right my number two is they clone tyrone oh number two yes 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 nice. number two my lord um <laughs> so we, we already have established it's like about just a trio of people who are noticing some strange events, which most notably Fontaine. Some stranger things. There's the, some stranger things. Uh, Fontaine, the main character, dies and then comes back to life, question mark, with no memory of the night that he died. Um, and then it goes from there and we get to see more of the mystery. And just, I love the way they uncover the mystery. I love the team up. It's Fontaine, a drug dealer. Slick Charles, a pimp. Slick Charles. And Yo-Yo, is that her name? Yeah, yeah Yo-Yo. Who's a prostitute who dreams of getting out and oh my god they're just so amazing and like emily was saying it was so fun to like follow like less than savory character types and they get to be the heroes so that was just a big part of my enjoyment and um again like emily said it reminded me of baby driver and breaking bad with like Mm. the the way it used color um and i am definitely a sucker for that i try to do that in my own writing because i just love like i love when you have a character and you choose a color to associate with them i just i don't know it's it it makes it satisfies my brain (laughs) and like you said like 
there's so much that can be that doesn't have to be said that can be said by just putting a character in color and like coating them with this color and i just love that it's like a movie hack um <laughs> i love the the humor the dark humor i laughed at this movie all throughout and it was it, was, it gave me the chuckles <laughs> And it left me with some questions, which I always feel like there's, like, a balance that movies sometimes fail to to keep, which is where I think it's good when a movie leaves you with, like, a few unanswered questions that you get to make up the answer to yourself. Mm-hmm. But when it's too much, it's like, okay, that was just confusing. When it's too little, it's not satisfying. But this was, like, the perfect the perfect median of that. Yep. I, 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 a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> It's fabulous. Fabulous film. John Boyega. He knows what he's doing. Bigger and better and bad. <laughs> fabulous. <laughs> oh my god. Char- okay. What is his name? Uh the the clone with the who doesn't speak. Chester. Chester. My favorite freaking character of twenty twenty three. Best character. <laughs> I, ju- I when Kiefer Sutherland when he's like, oh my God, Kiefer Sutherland's in this. I forgot. <laughs> when he's like, "Come on, Chester, let's go grab a cheeseburger." I'm like, I want to be there so bad. <laughs> I want to grab a cheeseburger with Chester. <laughs> Why am I left Why, out? Why can't I come with Chester? Chester's great. Oh my God, some yeah, some of the bits in that movie were just so excellently crafted. <laughs> my number two favorite film of the year. Oh, almost number one just be out by a smidgen but my number two is red white and royal oh, blue she, she makes another appearance okay i would have laughed in your face if you had told me earlier this year that this would be on my best movie list same i'd be like <laughs> okay whatever but then i read the book over the summer i was like i i bought it because i was i'm into cheesy romance okay books I will eat the cheese up. The cheese is <laughs> delicious. It is cheeseburger cheese. Pizza cheese. Pizza cheese. It's not goat cheese or anything like that. It's not blue cheese. Yeah. But then I was reading this book. I'm like, well, this is pretty good, actually. Mm-hmm. This is a really good romance book. And then it just, as I read on and on, it was making me so, like, bubbly and excited. And I'm like, I have to watch this movie. I halfway through the book i was like i still don't know if i want to watch the movie but i was getting toward the end I'm like i've got to watch this movie i've got to see this visually <laughs> just the excitement of watching this movie it made me feel excitement that i haven't felt in years when you're when you finish a book and you're gonna like watch the movie version mm-hmm. it felt like i was back in my twilight days I was reading the twilight books and was like so excited to watch the movie after i'm like i'm gonna i cannot tell you how this whole this book and this movie changed my life i could go on but it's a fluffy positive healthy relationship which we don't get to see too much in romance unfortunately especially like rom-coms of this sort usually you like you're supposed to root for them and then you're like this is kind of messed up (laughs) it's a little abusive yeah not the case with red white and royal blue oh this is just a beautiful beautiful romance Eric and Ariel were my favorite couple of 2023 until, until Alex and Henry <laughs> came along. I'm like, oh, I think they took they took the cake. Um, they 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 swam in the cake. Yes. <laughs> this I think this movie took the world by storm for a reason. 
people want to see just happy, positive romance movies. And when it's same-sex couple, like, that's even better. Because yeah. they usually don't get to have movies like this, which sucks. Mm -hmm. Because you're, I mean, when you think of queer cinema, mm -hmm. you probably most likely think of just, like, Sad, depressing, yeah. horrible things that, like, okay, it's good to watch because, you know, knowledge is everything. Yeah. But it's not something you want to, like, associate only with yeah i'm like no i don't so it, there's like this this stigma of queer cinema of like mm, yeah queer cinema means like sad stuff so yeah. like so but then when you think of like someone who's gay in real life like oh that's probably like someone who's super depressed and <laughs> not gonna have a good life yeah and yes queer people have very difficult lives for a lot of reasons but you know what they're also just people Yep, and normal. sometimes they want to have fun, and they fall in love, and it's just as beautiful as it is when a man falls in love with a woman. Mm -hmm. And and fun, yes. Uh, as Kayla mentioned, the chemistry, so good. Whoever the casting director was, they need, and like the intimacy coordinator. I just feel yes. like everything was done so tastefully. Yep, the any intimacy scenes were just, it felt not awkward yeah. at all. Um, yeah, I just I melted in the best way and i could talk about this movie and the story for this ever this movie made me i used to think it was so cringy when couples call each other baby but oh. i will make the exception only for alex and henry <laughs> we call someone on the phone i know I, i'm like i'm gonna cry <laughs> oh my god yeah i cry so many times in this movie but, like, happy tears, which is what I want. <laughs> Just like the Little Mermaid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It, this movie is going to be important to me for the rest of my life. There better be a sequel to the book and the movie. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's it's I enemies want... to lovers. Yep. It's forbidden romance. It's LGBT. Literally, what else could you want? Nothing. Nothing here. Nothing. I got nothing to suggest. Except um, a... a a female version? <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's do that. everything. Yes, that's what we need in this moment, for sure. Happy queer cinema. Yes. Um, On to my number one. Oh, number a, one. A number, a, a pick that surprised even me as I was putting together this list. I know what it is. It's I knew when you... Bottoms. Yep. <laughs> when, as soon as you said I was surprised, I'm like, I bet it's bottoms. Yep. I couldn't believe... I was like, okay, this movie was so good. It was so but good. But there's no way it can be number one. And then I kept, like, moving it up. I was like, okay, but this has to go underneath this. And then eventually Bottoms was just here at the top. And um, I'm not disappointed in it. Just surprised. Uh, <laughs> I, put in my, <laughs> I put in my notes, this is apparently my favorite movie of the year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cool with it. So this is a satire just about high school. Um, it's about these two best friends who want to get girlfriends. And they end up... To get women, they create a fight club for girls, which is just badass, like, lesbian fight club. Please. <laughs> um, I put, it's another story that's really gay, but isn't a tra tragedy, and it's just a fun time. <laughs> yep. Um, it reminded me, you know why I think I just am euphoric when I watch this? It reminded me a lot of But I'm a Cheerleader, which is a movie that I honestly should have put on my favorite movies list <laughs> from our first episode. It's just, oh, just like, 
it makes me feel so good. If you don't know, but I'm a cheerleader is a movie. I think it came out of the nineties. Probably. Um, it, it's about a girl who's like, who they parent, they parents, her parents think that she's gay and they send her to a conversion camp. I laugh through that. Like <laughs> that, that doesn't sound right. Um, <laughs> it's so good. funny. Um, it's just a, Gar- dar- a darn good romance a and a darn good comedy <laughs> <laughs> and it's like sad obviously but it's it's just a darn good time and it's oh my god <laughs> i get flustered I, I must love this movie Dad, a lot. i feel you but yeah it's my dream to write something that produces that the feeling that but i'm a cheerleader and bottom gives me <laughs> and so i just love that style of story and comedy um, but anyway, I'll get into specifics of why I love this movie, Bottoms. Iowa Devery is back, and she's one of the main girls. She's in everything this year, I swear. <laughs> she, um, she's so funny, and I actually love the romance she has with the popular girl. I thought that was really cute. Um, Nicholas Galtazine, is that how you pronounce it? Galtazine? Galtazine. Kind of like magazine. Okay. That's how I say it. Nicholas Galtazine <laughs> as Jeff, the football player. A.K.A. Ken. Yes, he should have played a Ken in Barbie, honestly. So perfect. He was so funny. I love this. There's commentary and satire about how football players are, like, revered by schools. And there's literally a scene where it's all the football players seated at the table as if it's the Last Supper. Yep. Oh, my God. It's so <laughs> And just everything. It's just so hilarious. The Every single performance was super, like, endearing and funny. And... The finale was insane, and I'm so glad that they took it to that level. And um, it just got crazier and crazier yeah. as the movie went on. I was on. like, "This is where, yes, this is where it should be going," and I love it. <laughs> That's my number one. <laughs> That's a great number one. It's been a great year for yeah. film. I will say again. Uh, pardon the page turn. <laughs> pardon my pages. Where's my page in? All right. <laughs> my number one. What is your name? Ready, everyone? What is Everyone's... It? Is it C? Expendables 4. No! <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I would have... Expendables 4. I would have ended the podcast right here and now. <laughs> oh, I know what your number one is. My number one is 65. Oh, I know. I was wrong. I guess that it was 65 at first, but then I guess it was John Wick 4. Oh, no. That was another one I was, it just, it was on my list at one point, but gosh, there were so many movies this year. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh no, I can't. It got booted. <sighs> but anyway, what's 65, you ask? Um, do you remember that dinosaur movie that came out in March with Adam Driver? It's that one. It's <laughs> my favorite movie of 2023. Um, now, you'd say, so obviously Emily's going to have an Adam Driver movie on her list, and Oh, best list of 2023? Well, it's probably going to be Ferrari. No. I went with 65. (laughs) (laughs) And that shows what kind of a movie fan that I am. (laughs) Um, This was the best theater experience I had all year. Went twice to see it because it was so fun. Um, Yeah, this is my kind of film. And it's amazing to see Adam in something like this. It was just filled me with goo as... um, this one lady in my radio class used to say. Filled me with goo. Whenever she loves something, she like, this just fills me with goo. Oh. Oh. It's <laughs> good like, What's that for mean? her. <laughs> um, again, a throwback to the mm-hmm. films of like the 90s and 80s where it's like the one man versus 
this planet of dinosaurs mm-hmm. and he's got to protect the little kid. Oh, it was it was so fun. Uh, this was very, very anticipated for me. Uh, we heard about this years ago. Uh, but then it went through a bunch of reshoots and I thought that it must suck. I'm like, this is probably going to be a garbage stitched together sci-fi movie. And apparently a lot of people, that was their thoughts on it, which I don't understand. <laughs> but anywho, it was a really sweet story. Um, the classic man has to protect this child that reminds him of his daughter. But uh, it was the way Adam and the young actress Ariana Greenblatt, I think is her name. She's in a lot this year. Yeah, she was she... everywhere this year, too. Young Ahsoka. Barb, the girl in Barbie. Yeah. Um, the way they played it was, it was so sweet and so endearing, and they were adorable. Um, and it's just pure cinematic fun. It's a sci-fi action movie where Adam freaking Driver is fighting freaking dinosaurs on Earth 65 million years ago <laughs> before... The asteroid, trying to outrun the asteroid that's about it's to go. Bizarre! It's such a f- crazy concept. Oh, I I'm one hundred percent biased. Why this is my favorite <laughs> movie of twenty twenty three, but that is why this is called my favorites of twenty twenty three. Not the best. Not the best. <laughs> um, but I do think this is a really well done action movie. Um, yeah, it was entertaining. You, uh, it moved along really fast. It's only an hour and a half, which movies today seem like they always have to be two and a half hours yeah. so that was nice mm-hmm. like okay and a lot just... of adam driver's movies are long too oh yeah a lot of the set pieces i thought were really cool i thought um the night shots looked really cool they had they used like this blue kind of lighting mm-hmm. throughout and i thought that looked neat love the shot the trailer shot when they're in the cave backing up and you see the oh, lightning yeah. flashes and the t-rex back there that, that gave was... me jurassic park vibes yeah. It was it was a lot of fun, um, and I love Adam Driver. So. Did you know? Have you heard of it? <laughs> As if we continue on uh, with doing favorites, you'll you... probably find that if there is an Adam Driver movie that came it'll out that year, year, it'll be very high on the list, if not number one. <laughs> um, All right, yeah, that is our top ten favorite movies. We might have rambled for a bit. This is an hour and a half long. Oh boy. As long as 65. <laughs> Were you as entertained? You could have had 65 playing in the background yes. uh, while watching this. And, and it if you ignored us to watch it, I wouldn't blame you because it's a great film. And it probably will end sooner. <laughs> um, next time, we are going to be talking about a couple movies. Uh, we're going to be talking about Dune Part 2, which we will have seen. Da-da-da-da. And a movie called Damsel. Which I discussed last episode. Yes. If you were listening. <laughs> <laughs> and we we are also going to be doing a breakdown on the Ghostbusters trailer. Oh, yeah. Because that should be coming out. It might be out by the time the episode is uploaded, but I digress. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what we'll be talking about? <laughs> we're busy people, but we will try to get out these episodes as we can. <laughs> yes. But now, to close us out... Let's talk about uh, the last thing we watched. Oh, yeah. Which, um... We can do a joint one on this. We can. Yes. We watched Wonka. Wonka. <sighs> well, there's chocolate. Okay. Oh, <laughs> we can't boy. get copyright. Yeah, I've been singing that all weekend. I, I can't get it out of my head. 
this movie was so fun. I thought it was so funny. I thought the music was so fun. I thought it was so cute. As a prequel to the Wonka that we know, I don't know if it was like made a lot of sense in a lot of no. areas. Like it didn't feel like the same character. But by the end of the movie, I was like, I didn't. I don't really care. It was just a fun movie. <laughs> it's kind of its own thing. Yeah, and that's fine. And Timmy Shelley is pretty good. Yeah, he was pretty good. He and I liked his singing. I thought <laughs> he was pretty good. The songs were great. Yeah. I love musicals. They were so fun. Um, yeah, did didn't make the best list. I swear, I I was gonna do honorable mentions, mm. but it was longer than the top ten list. I'm like, I know. I, I want to should... talk about every movie that came out this year. I feel like I do need to shout out the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, just mm. because it was such a big thing this year, and I thought it was really good. I don't, I can't tell you why it didn't make this list. It just, <laughs> it just happened that way. But I. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good ad- adaptation of the book. Uh, another one where the songs were really good in it. Mm. <laughs> you can't take my time. <laughs> and I'll shout out John Wick 4 again. Yes. Because it was on my list for a while, but just oh, just barely got booted off. Um, <laughs> but probably the um, second best John Wick movie after mm-hmm. the second one. Yes. Loved it. And also one of the best theater experiences we had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was fun. We were in a packed theater for mm-hmm. that one. Um, but, yeah, anywho. We gotta wrap it yeah, up, It's been a long I'll enough. I'll give my review of Percy Jackson in the next episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can stay up to date on all our new episodes. Um, come lo- follow us on Instagram and TikTok. And you can like us on Facebook. We are We Just Want to Talk Movies on all of those. And we'll catch you on the flick side.